Liz Rao definitely has a quirky sense of humor. She's an author and now a podcast host. But recently, she's undergone a major change in her life. VSG Bariatric Surgery. Now she's on a journey to discover health and happiness. Join her as she navigates this new world. This is Life with Liz. Hello, everyone. Happy, happy Monday. If you're downloading this on the day it comes out, if not, just a happy good day to you, sir or ma'am or madam or whatever you like to be called. So let's just not even talk about the Super Bowl because only one team even bothered to show up. And that's all I have to say about that. I will talk about, however, I find it funny that I never noticed before how much the men in my circle are dominated by like food because I'm the only one on the sofa watching the game my husband has two of his guy friends over because you know no big Super Bowl parties everyone's kind of eh. uh the wives did not want to come so it was just his two good friends and I'm thinking this would be great I like football. They're into it. They spent the majority of the game, like 90% of it, in the kitchen eating. And I was like, oh, you know, I would like to snack too, but I'm full because I had my quarter piece of vegetarian tofurkey soy ricotta lasagna. That, by the way, was high in protein, so it was totally fine. Um, but it was just like I, I had never noticed before. In the last year, I've really been watching people in – and their habits, and there are a lot of food addicts out there, whether they realize it or not. It's not just, oh, there's snacks around, I'm going to eat them. Like, these men, I'm telling you, gung-ho food addicts, like, they have no idea what it's like to really have to restrict yourself. And, you know, they're always on the latest diet and working out and low-carb, high-protein, whatever. They drink beer all the time. I always catch them snacking. They're always breaking the rules. The tr- The difference is they break it when they want to break it, not when you want them to break it. So I went all out with my cooking. I made them a homemade apple pie. I put very little sugar in it because I like to eat it, and I have never liked sweet apple pie. Um, so I put smidge of raw sugar in it but mostly I just put cloves cinnamon you know all the good spices nutmeg and I put a little lemon juice for some tartness secret to the stars you guys and I made homemade garlic bread and I was gonna make it with all white flour which I know is bad but then I was like oh I won't eat it well I only had a cup of white flour so I used almond flour and decided, okay, I'll eat some of it. it. Almond flour doesn't rise like white flour. I mean, it's just different. However, it created this like crumbly bread effect and the fellas loved it. So easy. It was flour of your choice, a little raw sugar. I always use raw because it takes longer to break down. It's not that overly processed crap. Um, salt, yeast, and a little oil and an egg. And then I put water in it, in it as it mixes, warm water, of course. And, you know, I just play around with measurements. I don't really measure anything. I just like, no, that looks good. And it always turns out. So now I have a new recipe because now I know how to make almond flour garlic bread. And then I made a vegan-friendly lasagna. So I took ready 
no boil noodles, which like whoever invented those, hallelujah, amen. Thank you, 365 at Whole Foods. Um, I t- took a homemade tomato sauce I made the night before that was left over. I mixed ricotta, soy ricotta. So I like the Kite Hill. It's made from almond milk, but get whatever is your fancy with a firm tofu and crumbled that all together, mixed it all together. And that was like my cheese mixture slash protein. And, you know, just layered as normal. And then I put a little vegan cheese on the top, not a lot, and baked that for like an hour on 400. And it was delicious. Even the carnivores who were obsessed with my husband's potato slides with cheese, butter, and smoked pulled pork were eating my vegan lasagna. So tell you, I have a knack for seasonings. But anyway, they stayed downstairs and ate the whole time. And then we're eating like prosciutto and cheese and stuff too. I was actually up watching the game, watching the disaster and watching the disastrous halftime show. I mean, I don't even know what that was. That was boring. The whole thing was boring, start to finish, commercials included. So that's how I felt. And anyway, I woke up ready for work and went for my cup of coffee and I go to my Facebook group, check in. I just like to read. I don't like to post that often anymore because, I don't know, it becomes a lot of work, let's face it. It's, I find it very good for support, for inspiration. I just don't always need to participate, I guess is what I'm saying. Anyhow, there is a question at least once a day on why you can't have coffee after surgery or why caffeine is bad. And they go over this in the classes, but I get it. Not everyone pays attention, or it's hard to retain everything as well. Not everyone has the memory of an elephant like myself. So I wanted to dedicate this episode to caffeine. My ode to caffeine, really, because I love it. I can't get enough of it. And I was someone who could do four or five cups of coffee easily pre-surgery. I was not very happy the three weeks I went without caffeine because I had to start um, before for my surgery, so a week before <coughs> when you go on your liquid diet, and then I um, had my two weeks of liquid post-op. So me going without caffeine for three weeks I <clears throat> was pretty miserable, and then I worked it into like one cup, of, like a half a cup a day, because normally my Keurig, I think, is set at like a 10 or a 12 ounce, so I started with like a six ounce, you know, baby steps. I tried the decaffeinated no matter what anyone tells me i can taste the difference same with decaffeinated iced tea but that i find much more easy to drink and still makes me feel like i'm drinking iced tea decaf coffee is just a waste of my time and that's how i feel about it but there are some just logical reasons you can't have coffee or caffeine after bariatric surgery it's a question we always get can i have it and the short answer is no not right after surgery. Surgeons advise their patients to avoid coffee and other caffeinated beverages after surgery because it is, number one, a diuretic. If you don't know what that means, it means you have to pee a lot, and it will make you pee a lot. So drinking too much caffeine increases your urination, which could lead to dehydration. Ding, ding, ding. That is the number one concern coming out of surgery. Your doctors will tell you hydration above all else. You're not going to hit your protein numbers right away. You're just not. Let it go. As long as you're getting water, 
that is the most important because if your body becomes dehydrated, it cannot work in any other fashion to help you gain protein, to help you lose weight, to help you retain nutrients, your body will start shutting down. So that is the number one reason, you all. Follow your surgeon's advice and don't risk the dehydration. Number two, caffeinated drinks are acidic. Yep, and that can irritate your stomach. Many bariatric patients have stomach acid problems. Are you connecting the dots? So following bariatric surgery, again, it's important to avoid irritating foods, which will also cause gas and vomit because the acid has to find a way out. So think about that when your esophagus is burning. Are you complaining about spasms? How much caffeine are you drinking? Just think about it. Caffeine also increases digestive issues such as diarrhea or gastric reflux. I have had one of those, and it was not gastric reflux, because there was a day where I just needed a little extra caffeine to get me through the day, a little cup of joe. I just needed my cup of comfort and juju and good feelings, and I paid the freaking price, because now I've worked my way up. I'm almost seven months out. I've worked my way up to having two a day. One day I went for three, I learned my lesson, because it's like... The cramps that you get, it's like menstrual cramps, but it like wrapped, for me, this is where my cramps are. I get them on my backside, like my lower back. Ever since I had a kidney infection in 2015, any sort of cramp my body has, menstrual or otherwise, is now in my back, and it really, really sucks. It takes me down. I'm completely depleted of energy when I get that those kind of cramps, so... Now, knowing that caffeine was the root of that, it's like, but... But why, best friend? Why? Well, because I had bariatric surgery. That's why. So you really got to think about it because is it worth diarrhea? Is it worth the gastric reflux? Is it worth irritating your stomach? Is it worth being dehydrated? You got to think about it. These can create serious after-surgery complications, especially if you try to go back too soon or if you don't change your habits once you do go back. So bariatric surgery changes the way our body digests food food and digest drinks. Some surgeries are malabsorptive, which means that they limit the vitamins and nutrients your body can absorb. That pretty much is all bariatric surgeries. I mean, that is the number one reason why as a sleep patient, I have to take a multivitamin every single night before I go to bed. I also take a calcium with vitamin D. And I'm just going to say this again for the people in the back who disagree with me. It is okay to have them in a chew form if that is how your stomach will allow you to take it. It is not worth fighting the nausea night after night if your body cannot handle the type of vitamin or mineral you are currently taking. If a chew pill is what you need or a gummy to get through to it, get through it until your stomach is healed or your body can handle it, do what you need to do. My doctor had no problems with it. But again, check with your doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. Uh, but since we prioritize proper nutrient absorption, avoiding caffeine is part of that idea. So if caffeine makes that absorption in your body more challenging because it's a diuretic, because it's dehydrating your body, because of the acid, you as a bariatric patient have to weigh the consequence of how much caffeine you're putting in your body, at what time of day you put it in your body, against 
when you're putting in the bulk of your nutrients. So I have my coffee first thing in the morning to start my day. Then I drink water. Then I eat my breakfast because I don't want to eat my breakfast and then drink coffee and have it push everything through too fast. So I give myself time to absorb the coffee, the water, and then I eat. I'm not someone who can wake up out of bed and and shove food down their throat. I just can't. I have to wake up mentally before I can eat. So it works out in my favor. But do you do you. You do the routine that works best for you. That's just my particular routine. It works for me. So there you go. There are the four solid core reasons you should avoid caffeine after surgery. Now, eventually you can bring it back into your diet, but you need to wait until your doctor is okay with it. So my doctor was really like "Mm, 12 weeks. My body said "Mm, four weeks. So I was very ginger when I like added it back in, gingerly adding it. So like I said, a little at a time. And the other thing is, is like with a hot drink, I found myself getting full faster. So I really wasn't drinking that much at the beginning of it. It definitely worked my way up. Now seven months in, I have no problem drinking two cups of coffee a day. It's fine. My body's neutralized to it. I do know that um, in my former life when I was allowed to leave the quarantine vibe that is um, covering the planet, I used to love going to Starbucks. It was it was more the routine of it, a little juju, a little joy, a little customer service, someone who was smiling at me. It wasn't necessarily about the coffee. I mean, you know, they romanticize the idea of coffee, Starbucks. So... Uh, prior to this COVID world, I would go once or twice a week when I was out on sales calls, out on the road, get a cup of coffee. It was like a little juju for me, a little piece of magic. I had one the other day, well, probably not the other, like two weeks ago, I want to say. And it had been a while since I had an espresso made beverage. That racked my body because I could handle two cups of coffee, but two shots of espresso was different. It was a different beast that I was trying to conquer that my body was no longer used to because I had taken that out of my diet completely. That is a privilege, in my opinion, to get a cup of Starbucks now. Not a necessity and definitely not something that's ordinary. So you'll find that even if you drink coffee and maybe switch to a hot tea, that that caffeine could affect you differently. So it's always best to try something for the first time at home because you never know. And if you have diarrhea, you definitely don't want to have to wear it. Depends. I mean, God bless them. They make them for a reason, but you know, nobody wants to. And when you go back to it, pay attention to how you feel. Pay attention to if your stomach's irritated. Pay attention to the fact if... um you know, you do have a looser stool. Pay attention to the fact if your stomach does feel more irritated or you have a burning sensation going up your esophagus. You know, you want to look for signs of dehydration. You want to look for signs of acid reflex, any sort of gastric reflex whatsoever. So definitely pay attention to your body. It will always tell you what you can and can't do and what you do and don't need. For those people who go back to drinking soda, that's a double whammy because the carbonated bubbles are going to hurt your stomach on top of the caffeine. Um, I ran into someone yesterday who said that their partner still drinks soda, pretty much went straight back to it. They love it. They love the flavor of it. They make now like um, 
like drops that are like cola flavored that you can put into um, water. So if it's the flavoring you need, go look at like all of those different drops. They're in like the soda or the cookie aisle or something at the store. Probably, I don't know, where are they? In the juice aisle? Yeah, the juice aisle because they're always by like sports drinks. Um, Go and look at the different flavorings of like I think there's like sugar-free, there's sugar ones, there's crystal light, there's Mio, there's energy, there's non-caffeine. Um, but they're like little drops, liquid drops that you can put into your drink that might help you break that soda habit because that's just doing your body a real injustice because it's stretching your stomach out faster than it should. It also coats kind of a protective layer around so you're not feeling... Um, not a protective layer, but like a false protective layer. So you're not necessarily feeling your bo- your stomach kind of push back when it should. Same thing with alcohol. You can drink alcohol and eat something and you won't feel as full. That's because the alcohol is kind of creating this like acidic coat to your stomach. So just because you think you can or you think you've gotten away with it in the first year, the first 18 months does not mean in five years from now it's going to fail you and slip you back into slippery slopes. And that's what I have to say about that. This is my episode on caffeine. Hope you learned something. If you did, let me know. I love hearing back from people and and what they like about these episodes, what they don't like about these episodes. Um, I'm happy to share like a little bit more of my personal life as well. So things like I'm getting ready to work on my seventh book. It will be number two in the Hex of of a West series that I have going on. So the last one, a Hex of the West, came out in October of 2020. And it's about um, three witches that live in Colorado in the mountains in an old ghost mining town. And someone comes to town and kind of like shakes things up, wakes them up. They've lived there all, like most of their lives. They've never really been suspected, just totally normal. They run a and b and um, a bookstore and a ghost tour because it is a ghost gold mining town. And that's how they make their money. They're just part of the community, locals, nothing interesting, you know, to note. And somebody moves to town that kind of wakes up an old legend or two. So it's very fun to write these. And I it's fun to like get out of the real world and kind of just imagine, you know, think different things that could happen. I'm not someone who's like, oh, I can't write that. It's unrealistic. I'm willing to dream and let my wings just fly. So I do that. I do my novelty t-shirts, sweatshirts. I even have sweatpants now on my website at lizroutofficial.com. Linked in my bio and Instagram, also lizroutofficial. And I have created a few ones over the weekend that I really enjoy. So go look them up. Um, but I also have some bariatric shirts there as well that might inspire you. And I always have Warrior 20 for 20% off the entire bariatric collection. So check those out. Let me know what you want out of this podcast. And let's talk soon, shall we? Thank you for listening to this episode of Life with Liz. <laughs>